Welcome to Might in Motion, where we help you navigate your personal and professional goals to manifest them into your deserved career and life path. Here at Might in Motion, we don't make excuses. We do the work and go above and beyond. The Might in Motion podcast brings you guests that will help stretch you out of your comfort zone and push you to improve your goals. Like, comment, and share. This is Might in Motion. Tonight, I have the privilege of introducing you to Ann Travis. She's the founder of Simpa Parada. She is a spouse specialist. Um, she's got an amazing podcast, Thou Shalt Not Kill, that I listen to every single week and have learned a ton from. Um, and she has started and run multiple businesses, is a true leader, and I'm really, really excited to have her here this evening. Thank you so much, and Anna. Welcome to Might in Motion. Thank you. So I know there might be a few people that may not know you or your story. Do you mind kind of just giving us a little bit about yourself? So um, July, uh, January 16th, uh, I had a friend over. She's a nurse. And uh, we were all just kind of standing around chatting. Uh, she brought lunch. And um, it was kind of interesting. She handed me lunch. I went to put it on the counter and promptly dropped it on the floor. So wow. I'm not proud. Uh, we indulged in the 10 second rule, ate our lunch. And um, we just all sat around and talk, talking and having phenomenal conversation. I was a little spacey that day, but you know, that happens to me a lot. So I didn't really give it a lot of credence. Um, towards the end of the conversation, it was probably about 5.30 at night. She was getting ready to go home. And my husband asked if I was okay. And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And we kept chatting. And then shortly after that, he asked if I was okay again. And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I said, I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. Well, we're in a three-story townhome. So each story has 16 steps. Uh, the main mm -hmm. floor does not have a restroom. So you either have to go up or down. Mm -hmm. So I was going upstairs and I got to the second step. And I said, hey, honey, can you help me? I can't seem to get up this step. <laughs> not at all alerted to the fact that something was wrong. Right. He's like, yeah. And he comes around the corner and I can't get my right foot to move. And then my friend Jessica comes around the corner. Again, she's a nurse, amazing person. And she looks at me and she goes, can you move your right arm? And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, why don't you go ahead and do that? And I, I couldn't move my right arm. And at wow. that point we realized that all movement on my right side was pretty much gone. So uh, we decided it was time to go to the emergency room. <clears throat> Thankfully the hospital is maybe three or four miles away. So we get there, Jessica goes and gets a wheelchair, we get in there and um, these doctors and nurses are just looking at me and my husband's like, somebody help her, like do something. And yeah. so they mobilized and they determined that they should do an MRI and they started taking blood tests. They, we all thought I was having a stroke. Right. The uh, blood test ruled out pretty quickly that I wasn't having a stroke, which is good news. And so the MRI and the um, CAT scan revealed that I had a mass on my brain about the size of an mm -hmm. avocado pit or a small plum. And uh, at that point, they, it was, it's just such a God thing. Uh, Jessica, the friend that was over the very day before had been skiing with one of the top neurologists, neurosurgeons, excuse me, in Utah. And uh, so she gets him on the phone and he very quickly starts directing how this is going to go because the emergency room doctor wanted to send me to a different hospital 
they don't have a neurosurgeon at that hospital. So what was going to happen is a spinal surgeon was going to open up my head, biopsy the mass, close my head back up, and then send me somewhere else. And he said, do not let them do that. Send her to the U. Do not let them take her to the other hospital. So she was sending him pictures of the tests, the MRI, the CAT scan, everything that, because they had it open on a laptop. So she just started taking pictures. They sent me to the U. They were going to, uh, they said, we'll probably do surgery the next day. They did another MRI when I got to the U and they determined that there was fluid around the mass and they wanted to make sure there wasn't an infection because if there's an infection and you open up that, that area, it, sorry, I'm trying to center myself. Bad. It complicates everything. So, um, they just put me in the ER for the night and the next morning, uh, they transferred me to a room and they kind of kept me in a room for a couple of days. And then on the 19th, I had uh, brain surgery. And I had it at around one o'clock and by about 5.30, wow. I was in recovery. It was amazing. And um, I have to tell you guys that at no time during this entire ordeal did I ever once experience even one second of anxiety, <laughs> not one. And uh, wow. <laughs> sorry, I get a little emotional. And uh, at uh, the surgery, uh, Scott said when I woke up in recovery, I said I had a, a pain level of four. I don't recall that. I don't recall ever having any pain above a two out of 10 at any point. Um, the first day they gave me Oxycontin, I said I didn't want it after that. And I think I had Tylenol two other times. And that seriously is about yep. the amount of impact that the surgery had on me. It was far more difficult, I believe, on my husband who constantly had a brave face, but we've been married for 36 years. We are like two halves of the same whole. We are around each other 24 seven. And um, so this had to be just absolutely terrifying for him. And I think we're starting to see the yeah. fall of, uh, out of that right now. Like he's, he is all of a sudden getting emotional. He's kind of experiencing what happened here, but there were so many moving pieces in this story that I just cannot deny that it was a God thing. And I have to give credit where credit's due. I mean, if somebody saves your life, you're mm -hmm. going to shout them out. Right. Um, the night before, right. Sunday night before Scott kept getting wakened up in his sleep and he kept hearing literally like an audible voice saying, cherish her. And he would reach over to see if I was breathing. He was completely freaked out. He wow. said he just kept checking my breathing and crying. And he was just like, he thought he was losing me. And I kind of feel like God was warning him that something was coming. But you right. know, we don't, we don't see those things clearly. So we don't always understand. And um, just the very fact that when I lost movement, there was a nurse in my home. Mm -hmm. that she would have a contact as important as somebody who is a top neurosurgeon, that she was able to reach him, that he was willing to help us with the results, that I got to the right hospital. My surgeon was absolutely amazing. And I received absolutely great care. Um, and I, you guys, I've been up and walking. Like they didn't, I didn't even really lose hair. Wow. It, it's just crazy. So the incision goes from the crown of my head from here. Uh -huh. Whoops, I'm trying to get centered on here. It goes from almost ear to ear. Like they just flapped okay. my whole head back. And yeah. um, so the biggest impact for me, this is going to sound ridiculous, is I couldn't wash my hair. And my hair was like, it was just plastered to my head like a yeah. head. They yeah. send you home with all the blood, the betadine, mm -hmm. whatever is in there. And my hair, like I could tap on my braids. It sounded like I was tapping on plastic. It was oh. so disgusting. My daughter and... um 
Oh, I missed like the best part of this, but I'll get to it. My daughter and uh, son-in-law were here and it took two people, two hours to wash and unmat my hair. Wow. It was crazy. I don't know how to center this. I'm so sorry. There we go. Um, so the Sunday before this happened, we were in church and I haven't talked to a couple of my two sons. We've been estranged for uh, going on three years. And uh, so the pastor said, if you need a miracle, uh, raise your hand. Well, I'm not a raise your hand type of girl. So I just silently prayed for reconciliation with my sons. Yeah. By Wednesday, by Wednesday, they were in Utah. Wow. With me just the day before my surgery. So God, God works in our lives. You guys, he's personal. He cares. He's in our details and he takes care of us in every which way. I mean, I was just, I felt so taken care of this whole time. The amount of support that I received was absolutely mind blowing. I came home from the hospital and I, my house looked like a floor shop. I was, our church was drink, bringing by food. Friends were bringing by food. It was amazing. I mean, I just felt so much love and support, but overall, probably one of the top three best experiences of my whole life. I mean, it wow. just was so faith affirming. I uh, got home from the hospital. They had me on steroids to keep the inflammation down. And if you've ever been on steroids, there's no mm -hmm. sleeping on steroids. Mm -hmm. So I would just lay in bed at night next to Scott and uh, just thank God and just praise God for what had happened uh, and weep <laughs> and then download. I was downloading so much information. It was like I was plugged into a motherboard. All this mm. information started coming to me about God, how God is, about his his nature, about uh, about how people are, about how we perceive God, about all the misperceptions. I mean, it was just insane. It was just like praise, weep, download, praise, weep, yeah. download. This went on for five nights. And <laughs> finally, on a Wednesday morning, I woke up my husband at about six o'clock in the morning. I said, hey, I'm going to be an evangelist. He's like, OK, and it's like six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> He hasn't had his coffee yet. Is that what that yeah, translates to? Can I just do? get a cup of coffee? Exactly. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we can readdress this when you wake up. <laughs> so I reached out to my pastor and I'm like, I have to share my testimony. He's like, okay, great. Let's do it. He was out of the country. And then I reached out to him again to let him know I'm going to be an evangelist. He's like, great, let's do it. So I am just on fire. Um, it's not that I want to continually relive the story, but I yeah. just want to tell people how God is truly in the details. Just uh, 10 days before or nine days before we had been in Mexico. Right. Can you imagine if this would have happened in Mexico? Mm -mm. There's oh, and then my husband said we, we were on a cruise. We went on a cruise right after Christmas. And um, my husband's been struggling with his faith. And he said, I just don't feel like God is there or he, I can't hear him, you know. And I said, OK, you know, oh. I'm just giving him space to do his thing. And uh, the first day we were on the cruise, we were downstairs getting coffee. There's like this open rotunda. And um, we were walking by this man. And all of a sudden, this man had held his hand out. And he, he sh like nodded his head at Scott. And so Scott went over to him. And the man dropped a purple cross necklace in his hand. Wow. <laughs> and was like, oh, OK. Later, on the last day of the cruise, my husband's like, I really would like to see that man and, and ask him why he handed me a cross. We were looking all over, couldn't find him. Scott said, I can't find this guy. I really want to see this guy. He turns around and the man is literally right there. And we're just like, 
what? And later in the day, we're up getting coffee, and there was this older gentleman, and he said something about, looks like you guys are having fun. We're like, we're having a blast. And uh, he just chit-chatted for a second. And we went and sat down, and he came up to us again, and he goes, I'm ready to a book. Do you like history? And I'm like, yeah, I like history. And he said, uh, I have a paper right here I want to give you. It's 87 reasons about why God is real. It's like, okay, we're hearing you. We're hearing you loud and clear. (laughs) Here, 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 here. Yeah. So um just I think I'm missing some of the details. I've told this story many times now, but the bottom line of it is is God does care about us, each one of us. He loves us personally in a personal way. And each detail of our life is important to him. Yeah. And I'm sorry I'm crying. Um the Bible says. God says, I stand at the door and knock. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, you guys open the door, yeah. open the door to the creator of the universe. I'm not trying to sell you a used car. I'm giving you the greatest life hack there is. Open mm-hmm. the door. He's there. He wants to help us. But I think um, really interesting, you, you know, you talked about how you were at church and you were praying, you're praying for this reconciliation. Yep. God answers prayers. He does, but not necessarily in the way in which maybe <laughs> we created that would be the perfect way for the prayer to be answered. It probably wouldn't have been the way I would have chosen for the prayer to be answered. Right. <laughs> but I'm so abundantly grateful. And honestly, he was so gentle with me the whole time. Like I said, mm-hmm. no anxiety whatsoever, no pain to speak of, right. and excellent care. And and the amount of love and attention and um and support we received was, it was mind bending. It yeah. was mind bending. My house, I, I received in excess of 30 floral arrangements. We received so much food, so many mm-hmm. treats. It, it seemed like every, every hour or so, like when you first got home, the doorbell would ring and there would be somebody with cinnamon rolls or cookies or a meal or it, it just, and this went on for probably a 10 full days of wow. support until we just let people know that, we appreciate so much everything that you've done. Um, we're in a good space now. We let our church know that we didn't need meals any longer. And um, right. it was amazing. It was amazing. I feel very loved, very cherished. That is awesome. I mean, this is going to sound a little bit weird, but I know that you're a huge prepper. Did you freeze dry any of the amazing uh, food that came across and just saved it for later? My daughter and her, uh, and her, I keep calling him my son-in-law because I get tired of saying my daughter's boyfriend. Um, no, there was four of us and we ate it all. We ate it Bye. all. I, up to this, I had had no appetite. I'm on a cruise ship, which is like a floating food orgy. And yeah. I just would take like five bites of something and just push my plate away. I couldn't really be bothered to eat. Zero appetite. Mm. And then when I came out of it the first day, not much of an appetite. And then all of a sudden I started eating like a linebacker. Like I oh, was yeah. eating everything that wasn't nailed down. And um, I think that's part of the um, healing, the recovery just burns up so much energy. And steroids. And steroids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I've actually lost eight pounds. So I'm happy about that too. <laughs> you know, as women, that's another God moment, right? <laughs> so overall, I just, it literally changed the whole trajectory in my life. That is so, it's so interesting because you and your husband have such an impact on so many people. Thank you. Uh, I know I got to meet you in person last year and I brought like a little small gift of token appreciation because just what your message has been, like your message in my life has had a, such a positive impact on my relationships. 
not only with, you know, like my husband, but also at work, because you talk so much about just communication, right? Like just communicate. If you don't assume, right. And so I love the fact that you're feeling that, that love from so many people. I felt tremendous love from so many people. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, all we have to do, you guys, is put ourselves out there. My husband and I started a podcast about a year ago talking to people about marriage, mm-hmm. how to communicate, working with hacks these aren't married. Uh, the podcast is about shalt not kill a past on marriage. The uh, picture is a picture of a bride holding the heart is a little graphic. Um, but, you know, podcasting is a very one-way means of communication. So you're putting yourself out there. You don't really know who's listening. We don't have any sponsors. Um, we put an email address out there, but not a ton of people reach out. And um, so you wonder sometimes, am I having an impact? And we have, are really fortunate. We've had tremendous impact. We get a lot of great feedback now from people. And it means a lot that that what we're telling people is is being received. But just put yourselves out there. You, we all have the ability to impact people and to impact impact society in general. Seriously, what you're good with, what you know about, get out there and talk about it. I hear yeah. somebody downstairs. But we're loving it. We feel very fortunate. And then I also have Semper Prada. We talk. I talk a lot about prepping. I um, I believe strongly in prepping. I truly believe, I mean, we can see what's going on politically in this country is not quite what it should be, um, yep. but we can see that something's wrong and we can see that things are going on in our world that we haven't really seen always before. And it's such a great idea to be prepared because we don't know what's happening. And seriously, with this whole thing being prepared, it's like I came home and I knew that everything that I needed was at my fingertips. And that was such a huge blessing. Gunner, <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to tell people, put yourselves out there, share what you do, share what you're interested in. People are interested. People want to hear on topics. My uh, son-in-law has been managing my social media and has gotten my TikTok up to 90,000 followers. Wow. And during my whole thing, he kept people posted on what was going on in excess of 400 people said they were praying for me. And that's Mm -hmm. the other thing I really want to get across to people. Prayer is the most effective thing that you can do for somebody. I had 400 people on that platform praying for me. I had the lion's den praying for me. I had the people from thou shalt not kill praying for me. Uh, People were putting me on prayer trains all over the place and it literally made all the difference. And I think it, I think that's why everything went so smoothly. I mean, it was yeah. incredible. I feel and, very and blessed. There are so many people that have witnessed what you what you've gone through, right, in your story. But it's not just you, right? You mentioned right. that you're telling your story that your right. husband was saying, "Hey, I I just don't hear. I'm not hearing God." And meanwhile, like God is literally waking him up every hour to to check on you, right? Like, Right. Which probably put in his mind, hey, let me be more attuned if something's wrong. Right, right. And he was more attuned. And he, yeah. I just remember that he's always attentive. I have a great husband. Like, he's just mm-hmm. such a remarkable man. But that Monday, he was really kind of with me all the time. And I didn't pick up on it because it's not out of the ordinary. But in looking back on it, he was more attentive than normal. And yeah. I didn't know until much later that that had happened the evening before. You know, I mentioned and you as well about, you know, you've talked a lot about communication on the podcast and you've got a lot of folks that that tune in and listen in from a, from a business perspective. Uh, and we, we've talked a lot about like, your experience. Can you maybe just give like one 
hint or tidbit on how communication helped you when you were running and you're still running businesses, but in some of the where you had larger teams and that sort of stuff, uh, people reporting to you, how did communication allow you to be more successful and your team to be more successful? Communication is the key to everything. If you don't communicate what you want, if you don't communicate what you expect, if you don't communicate what you're going to deliver, then nobody's really clear on what's happening. And you miss the opportunity to effectively deploy your personnel because they're confused. They don't know what they need. Leadership is key. You you fail to set expectations, which is so important. Who wants to leave a client hanging and wondering what they're, what they're going to expect next, right? right? So it's very important to communicate with your, your client what this, how the process is going to go, what they can expect as far as scheduling, what the payment schedules are going to be, mm-hmm. what the warranties are. All of these things are super crucial. Yes, it can be addressed in a contract, but also I believe very strongly needs to be addressed verbally. Also, it's super important to respect your client's time. This was a really big thing with me. If I was going to be even, I was super, super uh, crazy about being on time. That's a really Mm -hmm. big thing for me. And if I was going to even be two minutes late, they knew in advance, at least five minutes in advance that I was running two minutes late. And I think a lot of them are like, why is she letting me know I'm too? Because I respect people's time. They're the, the client. I'm the provider and it's important that I respect every aspect of that with them and treat them with respect and appreciation because without clients, what have we got? A dead phone, idle employees, no profits. So yeah, communication is key with every, I think, element of your business from the clients to the employees to, to everybody. And, um, I'm a big communicator. I love communication because it eliminates confusion. Who needs confusion? What a headache. Yeah. Yeah. So, how have you, over your your careers, been um, inspired and courageous enough to make some of the bold changes you've made? Right, you you've. Let me tell you about one of the boldest things. One of the boldest things I ever did was right around the recession. So my company was uh, in Las Vegas, and of mm-hmm. course, as a contractor in Las Vegas during recession, it was about as brutal as it could get. Um, at the beginning of the of the recession, I had a business partner. He he elected to leave, and um, I really took a good hard look at my business. I I noticed that because I was getting ready for taxes, I saw that um, my supply house's charges were up, but my profits were down, mm-hmm. and I quickly realized that somebody was stealing, if not mm. multiple people were stealing, and so I really took a hard look at my personnel. I I uh, I kind of assessed every single person. And at one point, I, I think at the time that that happened, I probably had about 15 employees. I let all of my employees go with the exception of three people. And I rebuilt my whole personnel and my staff. And um, it was the best thing I ever did. It was a bold move, but mm-hmm. it, it reaped huge rewards. And it was a great time to do it because business was slow. So right. I wasn't pressed with a busy schedule. It gave me the time to uh, hire more personnel, analyze those personnel. I hired a new superintendent. He was instrumental in bringing me amazingly talented people that stayed with me for years. And it, it really changed the trajectory trajectory of my company. Yeah. Yeah. And people sometimes I think are afraid. They're afraid to have those tough conversations with performance or even to cut people loose. You know, I mean, I'm in corporate America and so there's always a process, right? You know, you have to go through a big long process Mm -hmm. before you can actually cut somebody loose. But along that way, you're communicating about issues. 
Right. And many, many different. times people can change because they just didn't know, right? They weren't maybe aware of, right. of right. problems. Well, and I was but I want to share how people can take action. Um, and so we've got uh, your Instagram, Simpa Parada underscore uh, on Instagram. We've got your podcast, Thou Shalt Not Kill. Um, it's a podcast on marriage. Highly recommend it. Uh, and SimpaParada.com. I think those are probably the best ways to reach us. Awesome. That sounds great. Um, and so I really want to thank, thank you. Thank you for your time uh, today. Thank you for sharing your story, your testimony. Uh, it's, it's always uh, really touching to me to hear people's testimony on how God has impacted them in their lives. And, you know, you experienced miracle upon miracle. Those aren't just like circumstances that just happened to happen. Uh, yeah. Everything was lined up uh, for uh, a, a, uh, a reason. And I think it's because you have such an impact on so many people. So thank you so much for, for sharing your story uh, this evening. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was my great pleasure. Thank you for tuning into Might in Motion. If you learned something about motivation, momentum, mindfulness, or might, please like, comment, and share. Thank you.